Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon and a group of faith walkers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that can nurture your soul. This week, they focus on the topic soul identity. The soul needs to know God. This conversation was originally recorded in September of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm gonna look twice at you Welcome to our conversation about soul, soul identity. We are in our uh, weekly conversations. We explore together practices and, and ways to nurture our souls. That is the, the essence of this time together. We had a bit of, of a time of, of uh, meditation, and after meditation, we, we get to share, and, and we get to also kind of learn, I hope, in a good way. So. This has been, uh, or this is the second conversation uh, of, uh, about soul identity, discovering our true self in God. And today we're going to talk specifically about the fact that the soul needs to know God. That is our, our main idea today. So let me first... Um, Again, reminds us this is this is kind of our, our map, a roadmap. You know, we, we talk about discovering our true self in God. Today we're going to talk about the what the soul needs. The soul needs to define its identity. Is its soul needs to know God. We'll talk about the the need of the soul to know self, and the need of the soul to unmask this default self, and finally the the needs of the soul to to find its identity in God. I'm going to put it this way, to attach its identity in God. So I'm using roughly, uh, especially the structure of, of uh, David Penner's uh, The Gift of Being Yourself. It's a great resource, a great book uh, into this journey. So let me start with this. This is a uh, quote from Augustine. Seems like a prayer, right? From his book, uh, Confessions. And he, he writes, Let me know you, all you who know me. Then shall I know even as I am known. You are the strength of my soul. Make your way in and shape it to yourself, that it might be yours to have and to hold. Free from a stain or wrinkle. I speak because this is my hope. And whenever my joy springs from that hope, it is joy well founded. Beautiful prayer, beautiful reminder of, of this mysterious relationship between knowing God and knowing self that is kind of the essence of the beginning of these conversations, the, the identity of a soul is found in, in knowing God and now knowing self. And 
I love how Augustine some echoes words in my mind of First Corinthians thirteen, talking about uh, one day I, I I will I will see fully somehow that there is that 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 is the hope that is the joy right, and that is indestructible. Uh, it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't disappear right. The, the soul is present. You know, one day there is a one day that we are waiting. It sustains us in a way. Beautiful beginning. So, <clears throat> talking about knowing God, right? Um, the soul needs to know God. And, and, and I would like to, to put it this way. First, yes, knowing God. You know, what, what does it mean to talk about knowing God? I don't pretend to try to even imagine that I can give you an idea what this is what you need to do to, do to know God. But just more reflections. We talk about knowing God. J.I. Packer uh, writes, the more complex the object, the more complex is the knowing of it. You know, and this is a good reminder. You know, knowing God, we're talking about something huge and amazing in which, in a way, uh, you know, when, when I am more and more uh, deepening into knowledge I'm also deepening in the awareness that I know less and less and less and less from God you see this is the paradox right there's no way to pretend that we will get from knowledge of God I mean, if we think that we got it <laughs> precisely that is the, probably the evidence that we, we are not talking about God we cannot reduce this understanding of God and that is true. God, uh, immense and um, powerful and infinite and immanent and, and all the things that we know, how in the world we can understand him or get him to know him, especially when we talk about knowing, we talk about intellectual knowing. We talked last week about transformational knowing, and, and there's a difference there, but... Uh, at the same time, in, in, in one side of that tension, we have the fact that we cannot know God deeply, completely. We cannot dissect God and, and, and make sense of God. The other side of the tension is that God's desire is to be known. And somehow we are designed to know. So how this, this works, right? In Hosea 6.6, 6, uh, the prophet writes, He's, God is talking to the prophet. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifice, sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. So there is a desire in God to be known. You see, and that is a beautiful thing. So how can we get to know what is unknowable? Well, we can start just by standing if you want if you want in the ground that that unknowable God wants to be known. And if he wants to be known, we are in the same direction. My desire, my heart's desire to know God, it is well founded. We talk about transformation and knowledge again. Uh, so this transformation, I don't know if you remember transformation and knowledge knowledge is, is knowledge that is not only intellectual but is, is knowing that is in, uh, experiential is relational and is reflective right so we we know people we have an experience with people and we can 
see that with more clarity in that example. You know, we know people. We, we don't need to know only about people, but we, we get an experience with people. Somehow, you know, we have experiences with God, and that keeps increasing our knowledge. Now, the part of that, if you want, sometimes the obstacle in that the transformation of knowledge is that we have some levels of understanding of God that are not very helpful, right? Growing up, our first formation, we talk about that in faith walking a lot, uh, our views of God, you know, they become, they can become a help, a helpful tool to open our hearts for that transformation of knowledge, or they can become kind of an obstacle to know God. You know, my, my father, I love him dearly, uh, and he has, he is, uh, he's alive, and he is in God, but it has been a very, very, very long journey. For Just a few years ago, conversations, uh, he will kind of open up to, to have some uh, questions that allow me to see that his knowledge of God was rooted in very, very deep things. <laughs> Uh, that I cannot control, I cannot fix, but um, very hard. You know, he, he was talking about uh, a God who in his mind has been condemning and, you know, all this, this falling, the falling of man, you know, the, the forbidden fruit and all of that history or story in his mind was very specific, you know, and just even talking about that. So how in the world can you relate to a God when you have that? that obstacle at the beginning. So this is usually what I, I say, and it has been a very helpful tool in my own journey, is to understand that God is love, you know, and, and starting there, you know, not starting necessarily, yes, God is powerful and is a judge, and, and yes, all that has a place, but the beginning of the story was a blessing, and the essence of the, of the self-revelation of God is love. So the soul, to be able to, to be open to know God and that transformation of knowledge needs to be grounded in love and it needs to surrender to that love. You know, I, I might be okay with the idea of love and even love is another very, very confusing topic, right? And what, what in the world love means, you don't have a, a context of that, of that, it can mean things that are very dangerous. but. Um, Understanding love as is defined by God and understand and surrender my soul, surrendering my soul to that love is the beginning of the journey. You know, we cannot try to control or determine what is the love that I want to surrender to. And I would even say God can overcome those aspects, even. In faith walking, one of the uh, at least the phrases that the, I have been, I have repeated probably the most. And then talking with people in coaching conversations, they have repeated back to me is this idea of there's, that in God, there's no judgment, there's no condemnation. Right? This, we know it from Romans 8. And I know that there, there's a, le a level of judgment in some point. I'm not trying to get into doctrine or theology into that. But if, if we are in Christ, in Christ, actually, that is the, the, the real passage. In Christ, there's no judgment, there's no condemnation. And when we are able to put that 
kind of in the back of our mind and say, this is not about judgment and condemnation. This is about learning. This is about opening my heart. I can surrender to a God who is saying right now, today, this is not about judgment or condemnation. There is a huge space that is created towards the direction of, of knowing that. So the soul needs to be grounded in that. Transformational knowledge is revealed by God, is revelation. You know, the, the soul also needs to be open to revelation when we talk about knowing God. You know, um, we use also in faith walking this idea that if there is all the things to know about God, right? If we, we, we put a circle and we imagine in that circle, this is the whole thing that you can know about God. Let's imagine that all the knowledge of God is there. How, how much of that circle do we know? Usually, you know, we, we choose a very little kind of pie, a little, little portion of that. We are able to, to recognize that we know that we know very little things, right? And, and we, we wonder, we ask them, how much of that whole knowledge are things that we don't know that, that we know, I'm sorry, things that we know that we don't know, right? So I don't know many things. I don't know how to speak French or I don't know how to speak German. I don't know many things, right? I don't know many things of God, but I have a sense that I don't know them, right? And we put another big portion that is bigger than the things that I know, obviously, but it's still not the whole circle of knowledge of God. And we say in faith walking, right? When we, when we want to, to, to learn in, in a non-transformational way, is a very helpful way, is a very useful way. We learn that way, but it's not a transformational way of knowing. We just move things that we know that we don't know towards the place when we know that we know, right? But imagine all the circle that is outside of those little pieces. That is the place of revelation. We talk about that. Things that we don't know, that we don't know. <laughs> that is like, what? What I don't know that I don't know? Well, let me tell you, I didn't know that I didn't know the God of love. I mean, the, the love of God, sorry. Before I knew, I came to know God. I thought I knew, but I didn't know. I didn't. Truly, if I would have known that, I would have run this <laughs> a lot earlier. I, I came to know Christ when I was 30 years old. But the truth is, I didn't know. I didn't know that I didn't know. People told me I read some of the Bible, but I didn't. But I didn't. It took some movement from God to open and bring some level of revelation that opened my heart. Uh, and allow me to see. Jesus says, you know, um, my, uh, you nobody know, comes to know me unless the Father moves them. And, and anyway, beyond trying to understand all of these in the scripture, scriptures and an intellectual way, we need a soul that is able to ground itself in love, that is also able to surrender and say, okay, I'm going to accept that there is something here. I'm going to surrender. Let's, let's imagine that this is you. Lord, and I surrender to you. And we need to be open to that revelation. A good, a good example that also comes to mind is, is AA, right, in the first steps, you know. 
with this acknowledgement is a surrendering step, you know. Addiction has taken the desert, and I don't have control of it. And the second step, that there is someone who has control of it. And there is a movement there. So knowing God is complex, but we can trust that God desires to know us. We need to position ourselves in the place of least resistance. His love is surrendering and his openness for revelation. So the soul needs to know God. The soul also needs to know Jesus, right? Jesus. So knowing Jesus is knowing God. Okay, here I'm, I'm using a little bit of scripture. This, this is not a Bible study, but beautiful revelation from God in, in the Bible in Colossians. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and to him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So here, here you have the way, right? There is, there is a way in which when we see Jesus, we see God. And Jesus makes God personal. You know, in, in traditional spirituality, they would talk about the impersonal God, God the Father. Even though the, 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 the word father sounds very personal and you know, is not very helpful for all of us, especially if in our past, in our first formation, the father figure was not very helpful, right? But still, you know, the, the God of Mount, Sin uh, Mount uh, Sinai, Sinai the, the God that was on top of the mountain and, you know, darkness and thunder. And say, don't, don't come across because you will die. The impersonal God, the God we cannot approach because it will, it will kill us, right? In, in a way, they, that God of the Old Testament is made personal in the face and in the person of Jesus. And that is an encounter. Same thing, you know, I, I came to, to know Christ being 30 years old, and that revelation was a revelation that started with Christ for me personally. I have a sense of a knowledge of, of God, and I have a sense of a knowledge of, of, of Christ too. But there was a revelation, and I didn't know that I didn't know, that took place in that, that making peace, in that reconciling. You know, and here we have. My soul needs to understand that there's an element of reconciliation that God initiated. And it is represented, active, uh, I don't know, uh, presented, uh, installed, I don't know what word to use, in Jesus Christ. He is the one who does this connection. And that encounter is not one encounter. It's not, okay, I receive Jesus in, my, in my, my, my soul, in my heart, and then that's it, done. It is just the beginning. It's an ongoing encounter, and little by little, we keep seeing that in the lives of the disciples. Right? It is the beginning, the first encounter, maybe the first conscious encounter, maybe the first encounter where I, I received this revelation, but it unfolding. And if I only had one encounter with Jesus, I'm not talking about anything magic that I saw Jesus necessarily, but my soul knew that I had an encounter with Jesus. It was a revelation. God is speaking to me 
maybe he's not audible. I know that I know that I know that this is God. This is Jesus showing his son. And he continued. So knowing Jesus, because he's a personal God, it becomes a relationship too, right? And, and, and a set of encounters in our life. So I need to know Jesus in, in this, in this uh, role, if you want, of Jesus, making God personal. And I need to know that it's a relationship and it's an ongoing set of encounters. But I also need to know that this Jesus is being formed in me, knowing the formation of Christ in me. And this is helpful. Many of us see Christ as the Son of God, as our Savior, as Lord over all creation, Lord my soul. But we still see Christ outside of us. Right? The soul needs to know that Christ is being formed in a way. I, I'm going, I, I was going to say is the essence, is the beginning of 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 uh, its identity as the soul is is the really is the, the original design of God for Marcos was something that has to do with Christ and and yes there's a, a, a fall and there's a lot of things information and things that took me into my my full self but there is a, a renovation and reformation of this desire and this intention of God this was very transformational for me. The, the passage that God used in my case was Colossians to uh, Christ in you. He's talking about all of us, but he's also talking about me. Christ in you is the hope of the world. And I could not kind of shake that passage. What does it mean? Christ in me. It has grown to give me this understanding. Right? The Christ is being formed in me. And that's what my soul needs to remember. Because that is the real identity of my soul. Galatians, uh, in Galatians, Paul talks about it you know, as, as a context. Like he writes, Oh, my dear children, I feel as, I, as if I'm going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your life. So this is not unbiblical, it's very biblical. Formation. So the soul needs to know God, the soul needs to know Jesus. The soul needs to know the Holy Spirit, right? Here we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Knowing the transpersonal God. You know, we go from the impersonal God in the Father to the personal God in Christ, to the transpersonal God in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. God everywhere. God with me. God in me. God teaching me. God showing me. And how beautiful uh, are the... The words of, of Jesus telling us about the Spirit, right? He, he says in Romans 8, uh, I'm sorry, Jesus says in John 14, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance. In, bring to you remembrance all that I say to you. So here is, Jesus says, even, it is good for me to go. Because my God, the Spirit will come, the transpersonal, relationship with God will come. Paul writes in Romans, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received the spirit of adoption songs by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness 
with our spirit that we are children of God. So this is a relationship too. It's not the relationship of God, the transpersonal God in me, within me, showing me, around me, right? And, and it's a journey of trust. But I put this, it's, it's a delicate journey of learning to trust God in the inner witness. Probably you are familiar with, the, with this word, inner witness. This is not in the Bible it's, uh, as itself. But it's the trust that there is a sense in me, I, I'm going to put it this way, there is a device in me, in my soul, that is programmed to recognize the voice of God. You know? And let me tell you, probably it's the same for you. For me, it was really hard to trust. In I would rather trust in the scripture, which is very helpful, right? I would rather trust in my pastor or somebody who has more experience. I would rather trust in, I don't know, something miraculous, if that will be the case, but I don't have all the miraculous happening all the time. The hardest thing for me was to trust in that inner witness, in the voice of the Spirit, speaking in me and saying, this is it. You know, the, the, the mystics especially, they, they have a, a bit of, of language about it, you know. I know that I know that I know. And the only thing that I know is when, that I'm sure that I know. But when I try to explain how I know it, I cannot find words to explain, but I know that I know. Right? And you might say, well, that is kind of tricky and dangerous. Of course, <laughs> it is delicate. It's a delicate journey. But do you see Jesus? You know, I think that he was hated by the religious uh, ruling people because he said things like that. I know that I know that I know that my father loves me. I know that I know that I know that I am. I know who I, who I am. I know that, my, I, that I know that my father is showing me and telling me. You know, he there say that he knew God. And you might say, but that was Jesus. Right? Not me. And I get what, you, <laughs> what you're saying. But then what do we do with Jesus in me? You see why this is hard. And it's a delicate journey. I just want to acknowledge very clearly that there are so many places where I can lose my way, you know, and and just feel, I'm not telling you, just, just trust with your best instinct. Uh, this is a journey that is a lot more complex than that. Yet, it's a journey that requires for my soul, find its identity, and my soul is willing to be open to trust, to the witnessing of the inner witness of the Holy Spirit within. I wish I would be able to say one, two, three, this is what you need to do. Maybe the, the, the person who writes the book, okay, this is the way that you hear the spirit. And probably there are many books about it. But you know, if, if it is, it can be written in a book like Express and probably it's not complete. It's a relationship, it's a journey. I put it this way too. This is like being faithful to a new covenant, the covenant of the spirit. And you read that. Paul talking about this new covenant in different places, you know, Col in, uh, uh, Corinthians and Colossians and different places, the new covenant. Jeremiah actually talks about this new covenant too, right? The covenant in which he says that 
and you will not have to learn from God outside. I will say only, but always the, the, the scripture will be there. But this is not about that somebody needs to teach you about it. You will know it because I will write my law in your heart, within you. That is a new covenant. How to be faithful to a new covenant? I wish I could explain that. James Finley has these beautiful words that have become also a good grounding for me. I will not break faith with my awakened heart. I will not break faith. When my heart has been awakened by the touch of Jesus and the Spirit within me, I will not break faith. I will not break faith. Because if I break faith with my own awakened heart, I'm breaking faith with the Spirit within me. And without that transpersonal relationship, uh, I will always be depending on a God who is always outside of me. And my soul needs to know that there is a God that is also speaking within me. Knowing God, the soul needs to know God. So, Practice makes permanent, you know. Talking about this is, is complex and we can talk and talk and talk and talk and probably we can get probably an argument. That is what we do when we talk too much, <laughs> right? But we, we say in faith walking, practice makes permanent. So practice provides the context of transformation and knowledge. Remember, if here's the information, you, you might say, well, I'm going to consider this, I'm going to practice this. Practice creates the context. And then there's the reflection about that. So reflect about the learning. So how, knowing God, knowing Jesus, knowing the Holy Spirit, happens in you, works in you. This is not about opinions and necessarily or right or wrong things. This is about uh, trusting that God is leading us. He's leading our soul into this knowing of Him. So knowing as a relationship takes intentionality and uh, intentionality and time. So that is, we need to practice and we need also to remember that this is not just going to hap happen because we are under a tree and suddenly there is a revelation. For many people, it might happen that way. I get it. But if we want to know God, we're going to have to put some time and, and intentionality. And that, that makes practice even more important. Knowing people takes time, right? Having any kind of relationship, friendship takes time and takes intentionality. Why not with God? And that is the essence of practices in, in the logistical aspect of that, if you want. There's a desire, right? My soul is longing for that, but there is a need of creating time for that. It's important to consider also that we need to balance of knowing, right? We talk about that in a first session to the intellectual knowing, the experiential knowing, and the relational knowing. Nothing can be purely intellectual. It will be incomplete. And we cannot say that it's only experiential either. There is some element of intellect that takes place even to reflect on that intellect, in, in, into that experience. And it has to be relational. And it's not only a relationship between God and me. It's relationship between each other. We are learn, uh, we're made to learn in community. Some of the practices that uh, I, I suggest, and I'm not going to go in, in deep 
into these practices, but um, I believe the first one uh, is, is recognize that we need time in the Bible. Right? We need time in the Bible. We cannot pretend that says, okay, we're just going to know no Bible. I, I, I don't need the Bible because I may recognize that some people have seasons in which the Bible becomes more centered or not. Whatever is there, there's really no judgment or condemnation. It is just the, the fact that in the revelation of God in the Bible, we surrender in a way to it. And the moment that we take that piece out of our lives, out of our experience, experiential knowledge, we're missing something that is very important. Right? If we don't make time to, to dwell in the Word of God, it doesn't mean it has to be a study, a deep intellectual, theological study, but we need in the Bible. And I will say only that it has to be your nerve. You have to trust in the process that God used the Bible, uses the Bible also to guide, to shape your heart. Right? Practice that actually David Benner uh, explains or, or develops with a little bit more of uh, intentionality in his book is what he calls a gospel meditation. And I love it. It's, it is um, time in which you are invited to kind of get, put yourself in the story of Jesus, Jesus' life. He, he mentioned specifically this as a help, helpful tool to know Jesus. Like, how do, can I know somebody who lived so many years ago? And actually, you start reading and you get a good picture of it. But beyond the reading, I mean, even when you read, you might get to the end with a picture of Jesus too serious, too, too I don't know, too, too holy, right? Less human than... So gospel meditation is uh, take time, quiet your heart, choose a passage of the Bible, ask God to, to meet, to encounter you, ask Jesus to encounter you, and then read the passage slowly, a few times, and then sort of daydream about it. This is not the Bible study. This is about you imagining that you can be in that passage and, and seeing Jesus and being with Jesus and listening to Jesus, smelling the smells, listening to the sounds. You know, we do that when we watch movies, <laughs> right? We do that when we read books, novels, biographies. Is reading the gospel in that way. Silence, contemplation, centering prayer, prayer are practices that I believe help us, especially in this season of technology and connectivity, create a space inside of us to allow God to feel it, to allow God to, to or allow our soul to be present. God is everywhere. God is, God is not missing in our super busy life. <laughs> You know, in our uh, stainless connected uh, situation, God is still in every aspect and every second, feeling every second of every day. Who is missing is me. My awareness is missing. So, and I can be like that forever. I, I can die like that. Completely aware, uh, unaware, I'm sorry, blind <laughs> to those moments. So, if I don't create a space for presence, my own presence, to be aware of the presence of God, it's going to be hard to create a relationship or to get to know God. And my soul needs to know God, to know who the soul is. So silence, contemplation, centering prayer are um, 
some of the practices allow you to create a space for your own awareness and presence. Finally, the examen is a great practice. Uh, Ignatius, Ignatian spirituality, you know, that is, is a practice to find and to meet God in the events of every day. Now, in a very rough way, there's, uh, we have talked about this in, in previous sessions of this, uh, this conversations of nurturing our soul. Uh, you can go back and look into it uh, in the podcast, but it, it is quieting your heart, creating this space at some point in, 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 during your day to reveal, to, to first to be grateful for, for, for God and life and coming to a different level of seeing your own life and then to review your day, kind of in the rear view of your of, of, of your car, rear rear view of your mirror, right? Seeing what happened today, what happened this morning, which moments I felt clearly the presence of God, what 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 God was inviting me to pay attention, or without judgment, without condemnation, which moments I miss it, and which moments I was not, I missed the mark. And how God is using all of that to speak to me. So those are some of the practices. There are so many more. But uh, in a way, I believe that you need those kinds of, those three influencers. You need a scripture, right? Then you need the experience of knowing more than a concept, more than a, a Bible, a Sunday school response. That is the, the gospel meditation. You need silence presence and you need awareness of the incarnation of God in your everyday life events of your life not only Sunday not only Wednesday not only a meditation group but this morning when I lost patience and I uh, yell at my kids you know, God was what is he showing I'll finish with this I'm just gonna Really, this is Teresa of Avila talking in the context of, of knowing God. I love this quote. And she says, the important thing is not to think much, but to love. And so do that which best stirs you to love. That's her, her advice to your castle. She talks about, this is not, knowing God is not about thinking. About loving. Let's stop there. Love to hear your comments, reflections, your questions. What is all of these stairs in you? Uh, so much good stuff, Marcus. <laughs> Busy, Rodney. I love that quote at the end of um, with Teresa of Avila. Really good. There were a couple of things as you were um, going through these points that one of them was under knowing Jesus. I really liked how you talked about how knowing him is a personal encounter. It's an ongoing set of encounters. It's like, yeah, it really is. Um, and when I first came to know the Lord personally, um, I was a little bit older. I was like 27. I'd been in the church for a long time, but even then I didn't realize that it would be an ongoing 
set of encounters with him. And mostly, and then talked about, you know, knowing the Holy Spirit, just the church that I was in for a long while did not really um, focus on that. And so it was more about knowing the word, the Bible, which I agree with you is important. And that is the best starting place. And I'm grateful for the years that was given to, you know, devoted to study of the Bible. but there's just so much more. <laughs> and that's when I think of the Lord and I think of the Holy Spirit, it's like, yeah, but there's even more. And the more we discover, it's like it's an expanding. Well, it's, it's really kind of like I think of our universe that the scientists have discovered. It's, it, it's expanding again like now. And I think that about God, I think he's expanding and our knowledge and our experience of him. There's always more. And um, I don't know. Anyway, it's just I feel like we're, I don't know, as believers on this great big grand adventure with him. But, um, you know, all of us, sometimes it's painful. Oftentimes it's painful, (laughs) Um, you know, but there's just this anticipation, too, of knowing that. And I guess coming to understand his deep love for us and the more I can lean into that, the more I can trust in that. Um, And that's, that's really the challenge I think right now is, you know, personally, and I guess in the midst of everything that we're experiencing in the world now is just to continue to lean in that knowledge of his love. Love is greater and greater that we could possibly know like you were talking about we don't we don't know what we don't know (laughs) and it's just that's how it is with his love like you were sharing so this was great I have a lot of things to go back and that and think upon thank you please I was thinking about um the transformational knowledge aspect that our our views of God must grow or they can become obstacles to us. And I was thinking about when I first, my, my spiritual journey is, is complex. So there was a point in my adult life when I made a personal commitment to Christ, but I had known God and, and Jesus much before that. I desired that relationship. I just didn't know how to get it. Um, that was, that was in my 20s. Um, I'm 69. You know, it's my, my views, my understanding, my knowledge, my relationship has grown. And I don't see things the way I did then. Um, and so I trust that I won't see things next year the way I do now um, or five years from now. Because I, it, it's sad to say I remember my dad. And I loved my dad dearly, but I remember him saying to me that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, that he had learned what he learned and that was that. And I thought, then, then what's the point? I never said that to him, but, but if we don't grow, then we start to die. Um, and I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, Julie, thank you. I love uh, how you put it. Uh, our view or understanding God needs to 
grow or it becomes an obstacle. You know, I think Jesus talks about that. You know, when he says, you know, the wine skins and the wine and new wine, and I think this in the Psalms it was deep, deep calls to be God yeah. How in the world? I think Jesus, uh, in, in a way, embodies and allows that it's so spacious. You know, of his his welcoming his armor so big into come and. and and taste and, and know this is God, life, the way, truth. And uh, I love, I love that. I think it become an obstacle as we read the, the Bible. And again, I, I love the Bible. I love God. I mean, I think taking trees when you, you mentioned, this is a journey of, of joy, right? This is a journey that actually is not only a journey of joy, it's the only thing that sustains me through mm-hmm. hard times like the times that we are living. You know, we can devote the whole time of conversations to keep talking about the problem, to keep talking about COVID or race, and we need to. But if we cannot, we are not able to talk about that problem coming from a place that, in which my soul has been marinated in the true identity of love, what hope can I have? Have you ever... Try to, to, to solve a problem with somebody that you love and you're super tired, super tired. You try to kind of, you say, kicking a dead horse, right? And you say, yeah, there's one. You say, kind of, you know, we need a break. We need to come back to a place of, of renewal. I need to come back to my true self. Right? That's the language that I use. I need to center myself. My soul needs to come back and remember who I am. In Facebook, we talk about anxiety. I need to center, I need to find my guiding principles. You can use all that language. But it's the soul that needs to get there. From there, we will face everything. We will face every, every situation, every, every loss, and, and every trauma, and every tragedy. And we see that that, that is what Jesus does. From that center, he heals every disease. He faces every, every cross. And my soul needs to know. It seems indirect, right? So we, we don't solve the problem by talking about the problem. We solve it. If we can say solve the problem. We survive the problem by coming back to our true identity. And from that identity, relating with whatever and, and you mentioned I went on, on a tangent, but uh, when you see uh, even the scriptures, uh, you know, the beginning of, of, of a, a narrative that I love and I, I believe, you know, the revelation of God, the, the, the Aaron and the priests and the Levites, and, you know, what a beautiful, oh my gosh, how many times I see myself chosen, you know. And then you see, you, you go to, to Jesus and you see that that same revelation became a bit of an obstacle, right? That, that I'm going to call it that way, with all respect, but that is squareness, religious squareness. God has to be this way, is what actually became the obstacle for many of them to see Jesus. No judgment, no condemnation. I'm not trying to, to get to that point. I'm just trying to make a point. or firmly upon Judith unless I'm allowed to keep going into this 
Jesus calling me, following me here, following me here, taking me to places of death, my view of God becomes. Such a beautiful reminder. Well, you know, uh, remember our soul, we're talking about soul identity, but my soul needs to know God. You know, I cannot start trying to define the identity of my soul apart from transformational knowledge, ongoing knowledge of who God is. And I know that I'm never going to get to the end. This is not about a project that I can, okay, the next two years I'm going to know God. This is going to happen probably the very last of my life. Let me read our, our prayer finish and be reminded of this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us/donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you. Till I'm looking through the eyes of love. Till I'm looking through the eyes of love.